Storytelling inspires, engages, and moves people to action. It's a superpower that anyone can learn. Welcome to Story Powered with your host, Leanne Pico. Stories can hold you back, and stories can move you forward. Let our program help you activate your storytelling superpower and take your business to the next level. Now, here is Leanne Pico. Hello, and welcome to Story Powered. I'm Leanne Pico, your host. I'm really looking forward to today's show. We get to do a deep dive into the business of storytelling. Um, get, I'm looking forward to talking um, with my guest about storytelling. Is it a technique? Is it and just a technique? Or is it actually a core business competency? And it's a really uh, valuable time to start talking about this this kind of um, question because um, it's storytelling is, is very popular. It's all the rage. Um, but it's it's always good to do a little deeper dive to investigate what could we use it for beyond the front end? So we're going to have a good conversation about that today. So before I do that, I wanted to thank my guest from last week. Dr. Manny St. Victor was here. And wow, we had a wonderful conversation about storytelling and consciousness. Um, so I had not really thought about how consciousness affects our storytelling, but learned a lot from Dr. Manny, who is a um, trained psychiatrist and um, now working with uh, entrepreneurs and MDs around telling a new story for themselves. But it was a fascinating conversation about how our past stories and our preoccup- preoccupation with our future story sometimes overtakes our now story. And so, um, as we know, when we tell stories, we create an emotional connection. And so if our past stories are... Uh, or our future stories are filled with fear or any other thing. It can actually infect the stories that we tell in our communicating with, uh, whether you're an entrepreneur trying to find new clients and you're desperate for the money, or if you're a leader who is uh, working with a team and it's it's a challenging space. Um, so it's just a really good th- uh, thought to... Um, investigate you know how you spend your time reflecting on yourself and on your own stories and how you bring that into your present communication so really good episode highly recommend you uh, check that out on the story powered on demand library but of course i don't want you to do that just yet got a great show for you here today and before we get on with our chat about storytelling as a as a core competency or just a technique um, i wanted to make you a very special offer So next Thursday, November 5th, uh, we're having our very first book club with the author in the Story Powered Institute. So that's um, my new online story community. And in the salon, we will be chatting with Annette Simmons and talking about her book, Whoever Tells the Best Story Wins. Annette was previously on this show uh, last year, last February. So it's been a while since I've talked to her, but I love chatting with Annette. She's a very fun uh, person to talk to and a master storyteller herself. So the book club is on Thursday, November 5th at 4 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, just to remember Eastern Daylight because our clocks are changing. Um, So if you would like to come and join us for that, normally uh, that's kind of a a special VIP event for the story fans on the site, but for this first one, we're opening it up as a thank you for listening and a thank you for being part of our wider community. So uh, if you want to come join us, email me at leanne at verygoodstories.com and I will send you the link to register. So even if you can't make the time, um, it might be an awkward time for you. Um, I do say, you know, grab a cup of tea. It's the end of the day in the Eastern time or it's mid-morning. 
wherever you are, have a break, have a listen. But if you can't do it, then sign up for the recording. You need to register in order to get that. So email me, leanne at verygoodstories.com, and I'll, I'm happy to uh, help you hang out with Annette. And you get, you'll be able to ask her live questions, and, and we'll be hanging out. So love to have you there. So now today, though, I have the special privilege of chatting with someone who has extensive experience in storytelling and in organizational change. It's a a subject close to my heart as somebody who uh, used to do that myself, go in and and, uh, organize change in organizations. I love talking story with people who who do that work, too. So um, I'm going to introduce you to our guest now. So as the owner of Partners for Progress... For the last 25 years, Lori Silverman has consulted to organizations across diverse industries on messy, complex changes and creating and implementing long-term strategies to increase success. Considered a thought leader in the field of business storytelling, she sought out as a keynote speaker and has appeared on more than 70 radio and TV shows to discuss the tangible benefits of using story techniques at work. She's authored three best-selling books in the field, Business Storytelling for Dummies with Karen Dietz, Wake Me Up When the Data is Over, and Stories Trainers Tell with Mary Wacker. Leaders at Bright House Networks, the Association for Public Health Laboratories, Homewatch Caregivers, the American Legion Auxiliary, Tinker Federal Credit Union, Liddig Construction, and others have benefited from her training, consultancy, and personal coaching and business storytelling. Lori, welcome to Story Powered. Thank you very much for the invitation. It's so nice to have you here. So tell us, what's your story? How did you, uh, how did you get into story? How did you fall in love with it? Um, how do you work with it now? Um, I would say it's an unfolding story. So currently it's a play with three acts, if I can talk about each of them just briefly. Um, what really got me started was a phone call back in about 2001 from two women who wanted to write a book of stories for trainers, and they had asked me for my assistance in putting together their book proposal. Well, when they got a contract from a major book publisher, unfortunately, the primary author left the project, and the second author came to me and said, please, please help me. And as I've shared with people, I'm I'm an author always in search of a great book project, and I joined her as second author on that book, which soon became stories trainers tell. And that was really my start. What opened my eyes up during that process, though, as we were collecting stories from over 50 people, in uh, whether they were entrepreneurs or trainers or speakers and so on, was a couple-day workshop retreat that I went to myself with Doug Stevenson that opened my eyes up to what the possibilities could be in terms of capturing and structuring really great, compelling stories. And I still credit him to this day with my story and the ability to be able to craft it and polish it well for speaking purposes as well as in print. Right. Nice. Nice. And that's, yes. uh, you know, in terms of your authorship, then obviously you, uh, you went on to develop two more books about story. Absolutely. What happened after Story Trainers Tell was I hired a PR firm because I wanted to get the message out there about story. And as I was appearing on radio and TV shows, I kept getting the same question over and over and over again from the host. And what they kept asking me was, can story be used for more than just training? Now, this was in the Mm. summer of 2003, when there still wasn't a lot published in the field. I mean, Steve Denning had put out a couple of pieces, and so had some others, but there really hadn't been any grand research to look at the application of story 
in a variety of different business functions. So I approached the publisher of Stories Trainers Tell and made a request. I just said, I'm getting all of these questions, and I can't answer them. I've looked on Google, and I certainly can't find articles that would help me to address what these people are asking me. Would it be possible, and this was my dream at the time, to uh, spend a year capturing 100 great examples of the use of story in a variety of different business applications? Well, what happened with that is it turned into a three-year project. We only captured 81 examples um, before the book, Wake Me Up When the Data came over, uh, is Over, came out. Um, but it opened my eyes it, uh, to, um, uh, and my passion to the possibilities of what can be with story because one of the things that came out of that process as we were capturing examples was what's the ROI. Um, and interestingly enough, there, had, there were a lot of anecdotal um, comments about the results that people were experiencing. And when you started to put those results together across those 80-plus examples, that's when we started to see some trends to say, wow, you know, a story really does have power and we need to start getting this message out there um, much more clearly to organizations. And so that book came out in 2006. Wonderful. And it is, and it's uh, it's funny because you, um, you've just described the similar journey that I've had with this radio show because I, I started the radio show kind of going, you know what, Let's. I just want to explore what's out there, who's out there, what are they doing. And honestly, it's amazing. Like every single, so this is, uh, I think, show 42 right now. Every guest has a different take. Every guest has a different application, different examples. And people are being so creative about how they're using stories. So I can imagine, and, you know, back then, too, like you say, it was so new. It must have been such a fascinating um, exploration of, of what, was a, what was new terrain for a lot of people. Absolutely. And for me as well, because it opened my eyes and the eyes of others um, to... You know, this idea that we're going to speak about later today, which is, you know, can and should story be a core competency, both at the level of the individual and at the level of the organization? And that question is still hanging out there today. And here we are 10 years later, you know, still asking it. And I'm not certain, quite frankly, that we've made a lot of progress in that arena, but at least the question was posed back at that time. Yes. And, and, you know, and the thing is, is what I find, too, is a lot of people are using story but don't identify that they're using it or there are ways of, of um, and so again, it's kind of, it's, it's great to kind of, um, and what you did with, with your book and uh, most recently with, with your latest book is, is to identify the delving into um, using story in, in, in a, in a broader sense. But like you say, just putting people's lens on, isn't this cool? Like 81 examples of, of story being used in, in, in effective ways is that's, that's incredible research to, to offer. Absolutely. And, you know, I think my angst today is that it hasn't been replicated um, Mm. in the academic arena. And I would hope that someday someone would take on that charge and really look more broadly at the application across a variety of functions that we haven't even looked at. And I think that's where business stories telling for dummies really kind of plays off of wake me up when the data is over. You know, it's, it's interesting. Um, What I tell people is, um, it was uh, in the spring of 2013, I was in the process of uh, looking to live part-time in Manhattan and stumbled upon uh, a co-op in the top floor of a a 14-story building, 
And when the housekeeper was showing me this one-bedroom furnished unit that was owned by a couple out of Washington, D.C., and um, they could have a roommate, but they just couldn't rent it out. Um, and, and as I was looking out the front window, I said to her very nonchalantly, wow, this would be the most amazing view to have when I write my next book. And I still remember her response. She said to me, well, what's the topic? I said, you know, I don't have one. And I kid you not. A few days later, on a Friday afternoon, when I was in Rochester, Minnesota, I received an email from Karen Deeps to the publisher of the Dummies series, one of the editors, where she said, thank you so much for the opportunity to write a Dummies book. I don't know if I have the time to do that right now. Here's some contact information for Lori Silverman. You know, why don't you reach out to her? And I wow. went, it's the book. It's the book we've been wanting to write. And you know, in the, the, the scheme of things, um, Karen and I chose to do that as a partnering project. And I'm so happy that she was able to carve out time in her schedule to make that happen. But uh, that book, to me, does something that is really critical. And that is, I really think, um, and with, with all um, humbleness to everyone else who's in the field, because there's so many, many, many great works out there, is that the a structure of writing a dummy's book forced us to do something that no other book has had me do, and that is to really take these very difficult concepts, which are hard to understand in the field of business storytelling, and make them extremely concrete and tangible, and put them into the science of story, even though you and I and everyone else on this call knows that it's both a science and an art. And so for the first three quarters of the book, we were really challenged to say, what is it that Karen and I do in our brain that seems so intuitive and so unconscious to us? And how do we take those details and minute steps and put them on paper so other people can actually follow them? You know, whether it be, how do you go about crafting really great story prompts and why is it that questions don't work to get stories out of people to, you know, how do you take a raw story and capture it for the first time on paper. And then what do you do with that raw story? How do you take it and transform it into a first draft that has all of the various story elements and some sort of basic structure to it? And then how do you take it and craft it and polish it in such a way that it's amazingly compelling and will do what all stories in business need to do, which is to move people to action, um, which is our, you know, kind of... uh, a rallying cry around the use of story in business. But then what we also did at the end of the book, which I love because we hadn't been able to do some of this in the Wake Me Up book, is that we were able to explore some application of story to things real near and dear to our hearts, you know, to um, the whole marketing area, to raising funds, to sales and other things where some really new and different research has been coming out that we felt people needed to know about. So even as I look back with that book coming out in December of 2013, I know in my heart of all hearts, I can say that's our best work to date. And it still um, right now has some amazingly cool topics in it. For example, we have a chapter on how to storify data. And when I look at all of the articles that are coming out right now on that subject, they um, miss a very critical piece and that that is, that you cannot incorporate data into a story. To do so, in some ways, almost nullifies the emotional and connection pieces of the story to people as human beings. 
Um, and, and we see so many people saying, oh, yeah, you can still include data with the story. You just need to dummy it down mm-hmm. a little bit. And the answer is no, yeah. no, no. It's not going to work so well. But uh, no, you know, with right. that moment, looking out over all of, you know, Midtown and Lower Manhattan, when, you know, the, certainly the image was burned in my brain that there was another book that he had, and it changed very quickly. That's incredible. And, you know, sometimes the universe does that for us, which is, I, I always think that's so incredible. And, um, but, and, and it's interesting that you talk about, um, you know, because I, I, I know for me when I was a, a nonprofit leader, and, and it's funny because I didn't identify that I was telling stories. I did not, um, but I was all the time, you know, to funders, to my staff, to everyone. And so when I set up my own business and, you know, uh, one of my staff, I was telling her about um creating a story business and she went duh yeah of course and I went what like this is new and cool and I can't wait to delve in she said Leanne you've always done it and I think that is the challenge is that when you communicate effectively you don't break it down so I love it that you and Karen were able to kind of dig into that and take the intuitive stuff and and it's a great book it's very practical that's what I love about the dummies brand even though you know sometimes people um, read it a little wrong in terms of uh, what it what it means but it is the whole whole point of it is it breaks it down to make it accessible for everybody and I love that you guys did that well thank you and that's really um, for us a great feat to have done and I think you used the perfect word you know it's how do we make this accessible to everyone so that no one feels that they cannot do this and they cannot be successful because everyone can be successful at using stories but there is kind of a challenge that you've also mentioned in all of this and that is because the way we typically speak to each other is in the form of what I'm going to call raw stories, um, we think that we don't have to necessarily hone that skill set when, in fact, just the opposite is true. You know, we yeah. uh, sometimes those raw stories are coming out as examples or anecdotes or descriptions rather than full and complete compelling stories with a key point and a call to action in very critical moments. For example, when we're presenting a business case um, and we are in need of resources to start a program or a project, um, or perhaps we're going to a lender for funding, or we're trying in our, in our sales process to convince people to take us on, you know, as one of their um, vendors. So I, I think that that's part of the challenge that we face as well, isn't it? I mean, you've probably heard that many yeah. times on your show. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when I'm training, that's it's one of the most important things that I tell people is you can tell a story and emotionally connect with them, but do not leave them hanging. You need to tell them what to do next because... Exactly. Um, when you've connected with them, they want to know, they want to help or they want to uh, engage, they want to do something. And so when you, and, and we get so nervous about being overt about that, but in actual fact, that's what people are, are waiting for. So love that you brought that up. I think it's it's so crucial and it is that kind of structural piece um, that's different from other storytelling. Um, like you say, in business storytelling, it we're telling it for a purpose. That's how you get to your ROI, but it's also crucial that in the minds of your audience that they they're clear about what you're you're wanting them to do whether it's to call you buy something give you money whatever it is just be clear about it so yeah thank you Laurie that's that's really great and I love your story and I um your your description of the apartment in Manhattan and 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 you know it's that kind of thing about writing and having the perfect place to to create a new story so I look forward we're going to take a little break now so um I look forward to delving into our topic today a bit further which is talking about story as a core business competency and as as Laurie has really effectively outlined its story has been around for for a little while now and so let's start talking about you know 
uh, where where is the, the the depth of this, and and how is it um, being looked at, and how can we advance it, or is it just a technique? So we're going to talk about that in just a sec. Uh, just a reminder of the offer um, from me for everybody. You can attend the book club with Annette Simmons this uh, next Thursday, November fifth, uh, at four p.m. Eastern. Eastern Time for free. If you email me at leanne at verygoodstories.com, I will send you the link. And then you can also um, find out more about that at storypowered.institute. So now we're going to take a commercial break, and I'm Leanne Picot. You're listening to Story Powered on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll be back in just a sec. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Activate and grow your storytelling superpower with Leanne Pico of Very Good Stories. Stories inspire, stories engage, and stories move people to action. It's pretty powerful stuff. Story coach Leanne Pico will help you develop your storytelling skills to be a more effective leader, build a more powerful brand, or create a team of storytelling powerhouses. You can email Leanne at leanne at verygoodstories.com or check out her website at verygoodstories.com. Contact Leanne today to grow your storytelling superpower. For women, the pressure to achieve is stronger, the work hours longer, and the struggle for respect and authority more complex than ever. You want guidance on how to succeed, and you are not alone. You're invited to take your coffee break with Game Changers on Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern for our special series, Game Changing Women. Powerful women leaders will help you make sense of it all, analyze how you can change the game, and share their playbooks. Game Changing Women, presented by SAP on the Business Channel. Does your organization lack proper leadership? We're not necessarily talking about experience, but about how to face the changing dynamic of leadership today. Sometimes the people we lead know more, old ways don't work anymore, and the comfort zone just becomes too easy. Listen for Out of the Comfort Zone with Dr. Wanda Wallace. We'll show you how you can adapt and develop your leadership skills to today's workplace every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. listening to Story Powered with Leanne Pico. If you want to find out more about Leanne or the program, connect with us on the web at verygoodstories.com. Now, back to Story Powered. Hello, welcome back. I'm really glad you come back and hang out with us. I am talking to Lori Silverman today. Lori is uh, the author of several books. She's um, the author of Wake Me Up When the Data is Over and co-author of Business Storytelling for Dummies and Stories Trainers Tell. And you can find uh, Lori's books on Amazon. You can also check um, out Lori's services and uh, find out more about the books on her website at partnersforprogress.com or business. Uh, hyphen storytelling.com so go and check out what 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 um, Lori's got to offer and 
I really enjoyed hearing Laurie's story about her kind of journey and story and and as an author. But um, but Laurie, let's let's dig into this topic. So when we talk about um, a core business competency, what are we talking about? And can you give us some, some examples of other competencies that uh, that might be relevant? Sure. So my background is as a strategist, and I hearken back to the work of C.K. Prahalad and Gary Hamill when it comes to talking about core competencies, since they were the folks who coined that particular term. And here's, I think, the challenge that we have, and this is from an organizational perspective, and then we can come and talk about it from an individual perspective. They say that there are three tests that have to be applied to determine if something is actually a core competency. They say, first of all, a core competency has to be capable of developing new products and services and has to provide some potential access to a wide variety of markets. Second, they say that a core competency must make a significant contribution to the perceived benefits of the end product. And then third, they say the core competency should be difficult for competitors to imitate um, and so that it's supposed to be unique. So now if you go and you start to take story and you say, well, let's put it as a test against these three, the first question you have to ask ourselves is, is business storytelling capable of developing new products and services? And you and I would say yes from an innovation perspective because, you know, um, finding stories, um, digging into them from a research, a qualitative research perspective is going to give us some really phenomenal ideas on where we might go with our product and services. Um, and does it provide, you know, access to a wide variety of markets? We would hope so, right? That's, that's kind right. of test one. Yeah. And then, you know, with test two, we'd have to ask ourselves, does story make a significant contribution to the perceived benefits of the end product? Well, that's an interesting um, question because that's, I think, where one of the gaps is, is that we're, because folks have implemented business storytelling in segmented ways, within their organizations, for example. They may use story in branding, and they may just be just specifically branding of a particular product, or they may have taught all of their account managers or sales folks to use story, or they may be using it um, in their emerging leader program and teaching it as a skill set to emerging leaders and organizations. I think because we've segmented story, um, and, and to this day, truthfully, Karen and I, even with the Dummies book, and we looked for this. We looked for a single organization. We didn't care if it was governmental, nonprofit, for-profit, big or small. We said to ourselves, is there any organization out there that uses business storytelling across every single mm. internal and external business function? Because that, to us, would be the definition of core competence. And we mm-hmm. still, to this day, cannot find one. Yeah. And so I think yeah. it's that second piece. Does it make a significant contribution to the perceived benefit of the end product. Um, And then third, you've got this, is it difficult for competitors to imitate? And the answer is, no, it's not really difficult for them to imitate. We see see it happening now. Maybe the challenge is that we haven't really um, used a story in um, new and different and unique ways. And so all we're doing is the copycat approach because, you know, I see company A out there and I see this all the time, you know, an organization will put up um, an advertisement, maybe even at a ballpark or a football game. I've seen this, you know, on these big screens. Hey, if you have any stories, send them in to this particular Twitter address or this particular Facebook page. And so everybody gets on the bandwagon to say, oh, yes, our consumers need to send in their stories. Well, yeah. 
what benefit is that getting us as an organization, right? I mean, it's, first of all, people don't typically write in stories, even if they're asked for them, they don't know what it is that you're looking for. And second, if they, even if they write them in, how are you using them? I mean, what's, yeah. it's, it's the so what test, right? Why do we have them? Um, yes. So I think that's part, you know, as I go through these three tests, we can see part of the challenge standing in front of us. It makes a lot of sense. I wanted to ask you on the third one, though, in terms of the u- uniqueness. So maybe mm-hmm. the um, the process of using story or even the structure of the stories we tell are not unique. But I would say that the story of the business and how it started or the organization is one of its um, most unique pieces. And so often that's the unique value proposition that they have. So I'm wondering if that makes a difference to that third, that third piece, whether it, instead of, uh, uh, instead of the how it kind of focuses on the why. Um, I think that that's an excellent point. So um, if I'm hearing you correctly, for example, you know, every organization has its own unique founding story, and it may even in its history, if it's been around for a number of years, have updates to that founding story. You know, it's reinvention or transformation times, and does that help to make an organization unique? And I would say, yes, it probably does. The challenge we have today is try going online and just doing a Google search on founding stories and read <laughs> yes. them and ask yourself. And this is something yeah. that Karen, I mean, I... I I'll tell you about a situation that happened. This is a big situation for me and Karen. So what happened to me was a couple of years ago, I was speaking, doing a workshop to corporate communicators in Denver. I still remember it. And what I realized as I was teaching the workshop was that they did not understand the way that Karen and I were defining story. And Mm, they looked at me and they said, your definition is like so totally unique that we you to help us understand this better. And someone said, could you put together an example of what a really great, compelling story looks like on paper? We know you've told us several, but then could you also start to show it to us in other forms of uh, narrative? And like, brilliant. So that forms for us um, not only a paper that people can get for free at business-storytelling.com called Narrative Type, but it forms the basis of Chapter 3 in the book. And I think that part of our challenges is that a lot of folks are lumping examples, anecdotes, descriptions, case studies, and the like into this category called story when they're not stories. And right. until we really get some rigor around what a story is, I think that we are still going to be flummoxed to say, are those quote-unquote founding stories that we find online or that we may tell in a sales presentation truly unique? Yeah, that's a very because good answer. may not be connecting to people. Absolutely, absolutely. And we're seeing some of the um, newer businesses, the startups, um, mm-hmm. riding in on their stories, which is really interesting. But again, like you say, though, like they, you know, I'm thinking of people like Chipotle, who's, who their story isn't that unique in terms of them wanting to use fresh food. How they told it was pretty unique in terms of um, it was the founder story. Um, you know, and they use a, a very nice animation for it and things like that. Um, it makes them unique in, the, in the, the consumer's mind. But like you say, as a core competency and whether it's a, um, uh, you know, it can be applied over and over, it, it's a good question. And that's part of the, the premise around Story Powered for me because when I first started uh, around Story and I was looking at 
you know, the concept of story powered, I, I was thinking of it as a human superpower. And then when I started having conversations and delving in more, I realized that actually I was looking at something bigger and it, it is the story powered organization that I'm interested in. So um, <laughs> it's an aspirational thing, given that you and Karen, uh, two of the most uh, renowned <laughs> experts in the field and and really great researchers couldn't find organizations um, that kind of used it in all levels. But it's a, it's an aspiration because I, I honestly, um, and having been a leader using story in, in lots of different ways, I, I can see and I know how it works and how it works on a cross- in, in, in a cross-purposes kind of way with sales, with um, consumer engagement, with customer stories, with staff stories, with, um, and then, you know, organizational change, creating a new story. Like, it, it does, for me, um, strike me as, if we're going to just call it a core competence era, maybe that's not the right language, as a, as a potential core um, skill and approach for an organization to me it seems really obvious but like you say so many people it's not the case exactly you know and and you had asked me whether you know what our core competencies like for other organizations so let's just yeah one that's real near and dear to my heart you know i'm a apple aficionado right i mean you will never tear me away mm. from my mac laptop ever i mean yeah ask me if i know how to use a pc and i'll probably chuckle and when you think about some of Apple's core competencies, such as innovation, such as its product design process, everything in the company is geared toward those ends uh, yeah. and making that happen. And so therein lies, I think, the dilemma is that we, you know, one could say, well, maybe there hasn't been a CEO who's enlightened enough to be able to do this. And, and that's possible and probable. On the other hand, I think that more what's the challenge is um, as we had when I worked in the total quality management movement a number of years ago, was convincing every single business function that there mm-hmm. was an application. Because, yes. you know, I still to this day think to myself, you know, two of the greatest challenges when I was doing this work in the late 80s and 90s was, you know, finance and HR. <laughs> you know? Right, yes. <laughs> quality applies to you, too. And yes. so when we look at story, I think that there are some business functions that we don't really talk about the application of story. Um, and, and, and if no one, for example, um, you know, in the information technology arena, one could say, well, what, where are the applications of story? Now, I see them all over the place. Yeah. But, you know, does a CIO see the same thing that I do? I, I don't know. I mean, right. would that individual see in terms of their own personal communications that they should be, you know, communicating difficult concepts in the form of story, that they need to do that with business users, that, you know, for every program and project that there should be a vision story attached to it, I don't know if they see that. Mm. So I think that, you know, that's until we really ferret out what's the application to each function, it may be difficult for people to say, ah, now I get it. Here's how it applies to the totality of the organization. And to your point, here's how it creates a story-powered organization. Yeah. And it's true. You're right. And, you know, you and I had a, a great chat before we, we did the show um, uh, last week about, um, you know, finding that champion um, in an organization who is up for, you know, trying something new or utilizing, you know, maybe they're interested in the story. They're just not sure um, how to do it. And so they get some, um, you know, somebody like yourself in to, to help them do that. 
the the challenge is that they're usually the head of one department, like you say, and it's like, how do you cross, um, <laughs> infect, I'm going to use that language, uh, like how do we create a, infect the whole organization with story so that, um, you know, so that they are using it in a way that, um, uh, uh, you know, each individual uh, product or service is, is um, you know, enhanced by it, but like you say, also they connect to each other, Um so I think you're right. Like it is a it is a a challenge for for us as as individuals trying to get more story into business, but it's also a challenge for those inside who are interested but just either don't have the clout or the um ability to make the change that that would be needed to um have it at all levels. Exactly. You know, back in 2006 in the Wake Me Up book, we called those folks story pioneers. Because right, they were nice. really the people who were like, you know, out there, you know, cutting down the brush and the trees and paving a path for everyone else. But to your point, it's where are they positioned in the organization and can they truly make a difference? Now, I do believe that every person, the real beauty of story is as an individual core competence, I mm-hmm. can use it in my daily work. I don't yes. need permission to use it. I can infiltrate or infect all of the work around me and the people I touch with this. So I do, I am empowered and nobody can take that away from me. And there will be significant benefits that the organization will realize as a result of the shift in the way that I choose to interact with people. Even if it's as simple as me using story prompts to evoke stories from other people. And then yes. listening to those stories, you know, in a very deep way to be able to say, ah, here's the meaning in that story and here's what I need to do as a result of that so I can give my internal customer what it is that they desire. So, nice. you know, yeah. I, to your point, I think that we can all start there. The challenge becomes is how do we ratchet it up to mm-hmm. a more strategic level in the organization and is that possible? And then what is the path? I think every person has to sit down and say, well, in my organization, how ideas of gain that infectious potential and what's the path yes because I agree. there typically is a path right in in every company yes and it requires us to step back and think and look and take a bigger picture approach which um again you know that's that's sometimes the challenge right is is kind of like you say um actually finding the path is the is the piece. And it's interesting you talk about that because it's, it's funny because I did some training yesterday with some um, volunteer managers and coordinators from nonprofits. And, and we were just talking about utilizing story. And like you said, on an individual level uh, is in nonprofits, what often happens is, you know, when there's a funding uh, crisis or the recession or whatever, volunteer coordinators are the first to go, right? Like it just happens mm-hmm. or they get added fundraising or admin, they get many more hats. And so we're just talking about how they can use storytelling uh, to increase their inv- their visibility in organizations. And that's that's where the power lies for them is to, if they're equipped with stories, can tell stories, then they're generating the interest of leaders, of, of other folks, because then they can also share the stories. So, um, so you're right. It does start with the individual. It does. It's very powerful at that level, and people can use it at any level. Um, whatever uh, job they hold, um, but it is the it is the how do we embed it and how do we uh, make it part of the core function of the organization and and uh, and create some real impetus behind it. So we're going to take a little break right now, but when we come back, um, Lori and I are going to solve that problem. 
<laughs> no, we're not. We're going to talk about the how. We're going to try. We're going to talk about how we can go about um, embedding it as a competency or if it's it's not really and we can't get there because it didn't meet all the three kind of um, streams that, that Lori was talking about, how can we get it a little more um, recognized and or using it in organizations more fully? So just a reminder that you can pick up Lori's book's business story for dumb. Business Storytelling for Dummies, Wake Me Up When the Data is Over, and Stories Trainers Tell at Amazon.com. And you can have a look at her services and the, and, uh, the work that she's done at PartnersForProgress.com. We'll be back in a sec. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Activate and grow your storytelling superpower with Leanne Pico of Very Good Stories. Stories inspire, stories engage, and stories move people to action. It's pretty powerful stuff. Story coach Leanne Pico will help you develop your storytelling skills to be a more effective leader, build a more powerful brand, or create a team of storytelling powerhouses. You can email Leanne at leanne at verygoodstories.com. Or check out her website at verygoodstories.com. Contact Leanne today to grow your storytelling superpower. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Story Powered with Leanne Pico. If you want to find out more about Leanne or the program, connect with us on the web at verygoodstories.com. Now, back to Story Powered. Hello there. Welcome back. I'm Leanne Pico, and I am chatting today with Lori Silverman about um, storytelling. Is it a core business competency or is it a technique to be used? And um, I, you know, and it's, we had a great conversation before the break about, um, you know, what makes what constitutes a core competency and while story may not, um, you know, or in our conversation, like who knows, like if, if you have a different take on this, please email me and Lori and let us know. Cause the, I'd love to pursue that, this conversation about, um, how, whether it meets those three competencies, but, but, um, the reality is if it doesn't fully, there's still a lot of strength in thinking about story as, as a core business tool, a core business strategy, um, and I can say, so this is show 42, 
I think, of Story Power. It just started at the beginning of the year. And I can share with you, and for those of you who followed the show, you know this yourselves. But for anyone who's new and listening, um, we have covered uh, personal storytelling. We've inco- we've covered um, strategy, using story as, uh, in terms of strategic change, in terms of creating a strategic plan. We've covered story as a future planning tool, as a tool for innovation, as a tool for selling, a tool for marketing, a tool for speaking, a tool for um, connecting online, a tool for getting investors. Like we, if you look, even if you go back on the Story Powered site and look at the names of all the shows, um, it's a crazy number of ways that that story can be used in organizations. Whether, as Laurie said, whether you're an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, a, a big corporation, or a nonprofit, all the way through. So, Laurie, given that, like we've got all these ways that people are using story, and they're very cool. And I know you and Karen haven't really found a, um, a completely kind of story powered. Uh, business organization just yet but like how do we move from and I call it sometimes the low-hanging fruit of story you know we move from it and again it's it's low-hanging not because it's 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 bad but because it is just easier using story as a communication tool and kind of going okay that's it did we did our story that's great like how do we move from that to embedding story Well, I always like to get a baseline, and you can use a very simple matrix to do this. Um, And let's just say that along the left-hand side of the matrix, you list all of those functions that you just mentioned. You know, finance, HR, maybe there's an R&D innovation area, maybe you've got an engineering function, maybe you've got a development fundraising function. I mean, list them. There might be 20 or 30 different business functions. But across the top of the page... I think we have to start talking about what's the breadth of story Um, because the two pieces are important. First, story can never be used outside of a context. So you can't just teach story for the sake of teaching story. You have to teach it within the context of a function or a piece of work. But then I think we need to start understanding what is the breadth of story. So when I did the Wake Me Up book, one of my um, ahas at that moment in time was there really are five sides to story. Um, So first of all, there's this a whole bunch of work around how do you go about finding stories? How do you trigger them? How do you evoke them? Are you using story triggers? Are you using story prompts? Um, and all of those different functions. Second, um, are you digging into stories? Now, some people call that mining stories, but it's really taking a group of stories and saying, what are the hidden themes or um, perceptions that are uh, embedded in these stories that when we look at them, perhaps individually, we don't see, but when we look at, you know, a hundred different stories that we've collected in our market research, for example, are they giving us a message that we might not have seen otherwise? I mean, are we doing that in all of these different business functions? Third, how do we go about selecting the stories that will actually um, be promoted in the organization, albeit that we have to also be very aware that the stories that are being silenced are as critical as those that are being told um, mm, and nice. that there is an internal and external difference. You know, the, the stories we choose to tell each other internally are the ones we choose to hide are the ones that kind of in some ways form our culture internally, and then what are we saying about the stories we choose to grab from the outside and the ones that we choose to retell? Um, so that whole selection process. And then fourth, 
it's around crafting stories. Are we actually crafting them in each of these functions? Or are people just using what we call hip pocket stories? You know, I shoot from the hip. A lot of salespeople do this. Well, I don't need to put them down on paper. You know, I got them in my brain. I use them all the time. They'll be just fine. And to your point earlier, you know, you have you listen to them telling the story to a prospect and the story has no call to action. <laughs> You're going, yeah. how did you tell it? You know, we're trying to get business here. Help me to understand. Um, yeah. And then fifth, the whole issue around how is the story embodied? And what I meant by that was, you know, the oral tradition of telling a story is still to this day the best way for it to be transmitted. But we know that we use video, we use uh, just audio in terms of podcasts. I've done collages with clients. I've done story of skits and strategic planning. Um, I, we just use them in so many different mediums and media that we yes. have to understand, are we, you know, using a variety of different methods there as well? So imagine creating this matrix, left-hand side, all the functions across the tr- top, these five sides of story. Then I can start saying, well, what goes into each of these boxes? Where are we doing anything? And that will give me a sense of my baseline about what's going on with, st- in, with story in the organization and who's really at the forefront of what's going on. And then I can start to say, if I really want to be strategic about it, where do we take it next? Yeah. Um, you know, do we focus on just, for example, I'm aware of a very large financial firm in the U.S. that has hired a company to integrate story into presentation skills, and it's mandated that all the leaders go to this presentation. Well, right. that's fine and dandy, except what's the application to their business on a daily basis? <laughs> you know? Yes, I, yes. I sit there and I go, I think you're missing a huge strategic opportunity. And yeah, will that's anybody, right. you know, right, talk about that. Um, so to me, it's kind of getting this baseline and then saying we've got some choices. We can either um, just say, well, to each his own. You're all story pioneers. Go figure out how to apply this to your own work, which is what happens when you, typically happens when you do training and there's no follow-up coaching that goes with it, mm-hmm. whether it be to employees or to leaders, right? Second, yes. we could say, well, um, how do we, Encourage people to take story into daily work. Like, do I make it an initiative such that each business leader or team leader at the frontline level needs to sit down with their direct reports and talk about what all the applications of story could be within their own internal work processes? I don't know. That would be an interesting conversation to have, wouldn't it? That would be very interesting. Yeah, that would be so cool. It'd be very cool. And, you know, and, I, and, I, and I've shared with you offline, and I'll share here with everyone else, you know, with IT today often being the owner of those business process maps, that almost makes it imperative for us to start getting to folks in the technology arena and saying, here's the benefit of using story, so that they can start to think about that as they're helping people look at their as-is and to-be uh, ways of doing business. Um, those are, and we never, in, you know, even five years ago or 10 years ago would have thought about those folks as being, you know, really healthy resources for us, but they may become our next group of story pioneers. Absolutely. Uh, you know, well, when we, and when we think about those processes and, you know, anybody creating a critical path for any business process, I mean, Wow, like when I uh, when I've been in companies where where um, the, they're kind of sharing that, it, it's Charlie Brown's teacher, right? Wah 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 wah. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I can totally see where you're where you're going there in terms of creating a story, and it might be a user story to follow all the way through in order for somebody to understand 
um, what that process looks like. I love that, Lori. I think that that would that would make a huge difference to people feeling, um, you know, ostracized by technology and the systems just because they don't understand them. Exactly. Well, but that means that we have to change the languaging, though, in business mm-hmm. analysis and program and project management. Because right now, a user story is not a story the way you and I define it. No, and I'm actually that's right. Going to teach um, on November second. I'll do a half day workshop at the Building Business Capability Conference in Vegas to um, business analysts and data architects and others um, about this because we have to understand that we are all using the same word, but it has profoundly different meaning. And I would like to share with them the benefits of what you and I are talking about. Um, But even so, like, let me give you an example. I worked with a construction firm and they, the reason they brought me in was they were very successful at getting to being the last three um, bids to be considered for large projects, but they weren't winning those contracts anymore. And so they said to me, well, help us to incorporate story into our final bid presentations. And what I realized was that the stories you tell in a final bid presentation, because I grew up in the construction industry, are not stories about yourself. They should be stories you've heard from the prospect all along the sales process. Yes. And you should be repeating those stories back to people with, here's what we can do. You know, they could be stories of problems or issues or chronic challenges or things like that. And here's what we can do to mitigate these things. And here's how we can be successful with you. And what that meant, though, is that we had to go back and we had to make it a special initiative, which was we have to study the whole sales process. Because if we don't study yes. the sales process and teach folks in, the, in, the, um, in this construction firm how to start soliciting these stories and evoking them and then codifying them so that other people on these project teams know what they are, we're not going to do well in those final bid presentation meetings. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and then, so then that goes to the the listening and the 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 range of skills that come with story. Yes, you're absolutely correct, and that you know that takes us back though to the beginning, right? It takes us full circle, which is the ideal would be is if you know some CEO someplace would say story is our number one business strategy, you know, and we're going to focus on that for the next three to five years. Well, <laughs> I. <laughs> I uh, that would be lovely. I still think it's a um, it's a panacea that's out there. There are some leaders who do do that, but again, they do it relative to we're going to use it to empower our people, not yeah. you know, not we're going to use it for every single um, way in which we interface with each other internally and externally. So yeah. I think that day is still to come where that strategy goes beyond uh, you know uh, training people um, throughout the organization to give them an individual competency competency to saying, you know, is it a truly something that's core to our future? Yeah, and I agree. And then also that piece, and going back to, like you say, where we started with the competency conversation is is around, um, you know, how to embed it as a core, like how to how to make it seem like a core competency or, or, or shift it so that it, it meets the, the criteria that we think a core competency has, but also the piece around the individual competency. Cause, and, and that's the thing about the, the beautiful thing about story is like, it is like wide terrain. It's like, it's like a big universe waiting for us to explore it. And I can imagine, you know, when you've been um, in the universe for 10 years and kind of going, <laughs> where, where's all this going? Um, but, but you know, it, it, it's an interesting thing. And the, and the thing is, and, you know, when we talk about it as, as something that the individuals can drive, and often that's where change starts is with individuals. Mm-hmm. So I am hopeful that when we start enabling people to understand story, gain skills in it, 
um, love it. Like people are loving story. Like I have uh, so many people, you know, that they're coming to this um, online story community. They're just love story. Don't know enough about it. Want to know more. So I guess what I'm thinking is at least we have a kind of a wave of interest. Um, but back to your point, if we don't kind of catch the wave and kind of navigate it forward, it could just, you know, twinkle into a, a, a bit of water at the front of the sand, right? So what do you think? Like yeah. we've got a we've got a, like a, a minute left. What what are your final thoughts in terms of um, what is it that we need to do? Well, I think it's a both and proposition. I think that people need to act like story pioneers in their organizations at the same time that they're looking for strategic ways to bring story in, whether that be through project initiatives, whether that be through strategy, or whether that be through their daily work processes where they can involve more people. So it's not an either or. We've just got to find multiple touch points in organizations um, to start embedding it into the DNA of how business is done. Love it. Thank you so much for being here with me today, Lori. Thank you for the invitation. Really appreciate it. Okay, so remember you can buy Lori's books at Amazon. You've got uh, Wake Me Up When the Data is Over and Business Storytelling for Dummies, which she um, wrote with Karen Dietz, and then also Stories Trainers Tell. So all of those, check them out. And then Lori's um, services can be found at partnersforprogress.com. Check it out. She has some resources there too for you. So next week, I will be chatting with Kevin Smith, Chief Story Architect at The Story Architect. And we're going to be talking about using story in your speaking and your presentations. Kevin's created a, uh, created a custom formula for delivering presentations that help you gain credibility and sell your ideas. So back to what Lori and I were talking about, using um, story to create action um, rather than just sometimes using story to impress, which I've certainly been guilty of. And and a lot of us, you know, it's that self-indulgent moment. But if it's going to be something, if you're doing a presentation or a speaking engagement, you want them to do something next. So get clear about that. So Kevin will help us with that next week. Don't forget to email me at leanne at verygoodstories.com if you want to get the registration link for our book club with Annette Simmons on November 5th. Um, Again, check out the uh, online story community for more details at storypowered.institute. And Story Powered is on every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks so much for joining me, Liam Pico, and Story Powered. I will see you next week with more story. Thank you for joining us this week for Story Powered. Leanne Pico invites you to tune in for another engaging program next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll help take your story and your business to the next level. 